0: So you're saying to yourself, yo, sir, dude, I wanted to see Kevin Smith in Halifax, Nova Scotia, but the motherfucker sold out. Well, after I shed a tear for you, I highly recommend bookmarking csmod.com. That's the place on the worldwide interwebs to see all upcoming Smodco shows updated with linky links to ticky tickets. Say it with me, baby. csmod.com. Nice. Ooh, I just got a little hard there. So, you're saying, yo, sir, dude, I love sir, and I want to show the world. Wear your sir, love, with our official t-shirts, biatch. Fishies have no eyes. Let us fuck. Jay and Silent Bob get old. The Me. There's also posters, action figures. There's so many to choose from. Grab your smirch at smodcast.com. Scroll down and click on merchandise.
1: Team Jack episode 26 as usual. Don't have the title. Um, it's Matt Cohen. Hello. At Camel Toad on Twitter. Who doesn't know that by this point? It's Jack Morrissey, at Jack underscore s -S -S e y, Also at Team underscore Jack on Twitter. And... Steven Hinchas. ...returning um, for his second appearance on Team Jack because he sent me a text about two days ago wondering... Where the fuck episode 26 was we missed last I set, week? I set
2: my week by it, and when it doesn't come, I get, you
1: know, anxious. And my reply was, You want a guest on the show? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. This is how it comes together, folks. Um, and so what's if better? If you
3: folks <laughs> want to see an episode 27, just email Jack <laughs>
1: Yeah. We should go back and do the lost episode at some point to go with our lost weekend that I didn't really have. But anyway, um, I I will say this real quickly, and then we'll jump back. So. I had dinner over the weekend, and I was talking about. Um, it was Adam and Eric, you know them. It was yeah. Doug Eichler and Bill Condon, and we were talking about TV because Doug Eichler is a sort of senior executive with Directv, mm-hmm. and um, we were talking about what's and he. Um, not only is he a senior executive with Directv, but he's like one of his best customer, his own best customers, right. total television junkie, oh, yeah. right? So Bill Condon, who's hopelessly behind on television for reasons obvious, is quizzing him on what he's watching, what he likes, what he doesn't like, all that kind of stuff. And we got into just general talk about series. And, uh, I talked about how on a recent podcast, I'd had Cohen and Yolen, And I think it was just the three of us. I basically had you had those guys lay out the punchline for Lost. Right. For me. Because I was just like, too many episodes, make up too many seasons, I'll I'll never do it, just give me the fucking punchline. And they gave me the punchline and here's the thing. Hardly a (laughs) punchline. But here's the thing, unless I was stoned, which is statistically, the chances of which are statistically remote, nobody during that Um, during the minutes that followed, actually said, it's a cork or a, it's, it's a, it's a pressure valve on top of hell. How the fuck could you have left that out? They never said that. Well, that's what Doug Eichler said it well, is.
3: Doug Eichler is spending too much time on fucking lost wiki and fan sites. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, they never said that? No, no. Like, unless it's... Because that, to me, honestly, is like implied. a simple... Not even implied. Not cinematic... Even, not, really? Not yeah. even implied. Wikipedia
2: doesn't have that. I read the same Wikipedia breakdown. Um, Nothing. I, I didn't want to watch it either, but I wanted to know what happened. And, like, with a that. lot
3: of people think it was purgatory. You know what? Never said, never implied. So, like, all these theories don't fucking count if the creators didn't intend on them. Well, right.
1: I completely agree with that.
3: And I don't think they intended on anything so i think they had like a pilot half a first season and yeah. maybe an ending idea yeah. lindelof and cruz claim that they that last scene was written before the pilot if that's the case fuck them
1: <laughs> you know what i mean yeah but it's not a pressure valve on top of hell so i can still go out and pitch that
3: right pilots of the network <laughs> there's like a fucking golden tunnel and if you fall in the tunnel the black monster c- smoke thing the smoke comes monster. or something right? but no one's never explained and then they never clock they never go in the fucking tunnel Huh. They set up the one possible cool thing on the show, and they never show you it. Like, so wow,
1: that sounds fairly. And they only introduced that in the so-called magic third box. to last
3: episode. Also, so that wasn't like a mystery that got answered. That was just, mm. oh, by the way, there's <laughs> a golden tunnel. Oh, Jeez, yeah, fuck them. Yeah, actively that no, still it hurts. hurts. Yeah, yeah. It took like what was it? Seven seasons. Something. Seven? Like, I, it was I don't like five. know. Five. Whatever it was, yeah. it was way too. Galactica much of my was life. four. Way. Too I know much it was more life.
1: than Galactica. Um, Steve Henges, not only does he guest on the, on Team Jack with, uh, somewhere between 48 and 72 hours worth of notice, but he actually lets us record in his living room when Bill Condon on his weekend (laughs) decides, I don't really want that in my living room. Um, while I'm traipsing around, uh, going in and out of my Swimming pool.
3: Is that? What, I, I wonder what, because I'm never there. He's never there when we're there. I just imagine him just literally walking from room to room all the time.
1: You know, the irony is he'll he'll he will not set foot in the living room. That's what I'm saying yeah, for yeah. the time that I'm not in that house right now, but yeah, there's just, just knowing like, you're there. With the you psychic know. space of yeah. listening to people talking up in the uh, talking upstairs and stuff. I don't know. So
2: having to feel like you have to be quiet.
1: Well, maybe, yeah, maybe he feels that way. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, so yes, folks, um, loyal Team Jack listeners, uh, if there's an episode you hear where at some point we mention that we're recording off site, we are not recording at Casa Day, Condon, Morrissey, uh, usually it's because Condon doesn't want doesn't fucking want us there. <laughs> <laughs> and nine times, well, virtually every other time that's meant Greg Yolans. Place, but Greg Yolan, our co host, is up in uh Vancouver. Co host might be a strong word. It is true. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I mean, done the,
3: I've done the math. I did it this weekend. Uh I dude, think, you've been, well, you've recorded every yeah, I episode. Mean, had to have been so. I think Greg's been on eight of the twenty six. Are you serious? Maybe nine, yeah. That's it? Yeah. Wow. I can look back, but definitely like less than half. I was surprised by that.
2: That's crazy. Yeah.
3: Do you guys always record on Sundays?
2: No. God, no. No,
3: usually no, I'm usually, the, I'm usually the, in church right now. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's a special occasion
1: for me. And w- and <laughs> what's um, what's the, what's the Spanish word for church? Farmacia, yeah, <laughs> dispensary yeah. with the green the green cross of wellness. I've got all kinds of ailments,
3: <laughs> all sorts of things ail me. <laughs>
1: um, no, usually the texting starts Thursday, Friday. Dude, can we roll on Sunday? Usually me to Cohen. Oh yeah, or no, Sunday's no good for me. Can we go Saturday? Oh yeah, blah 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 blah. The latest we've rolled is Monday. Monday. And um, we just throw it together. and We never know who the fuck's going to be on. We never know what we're going to talk about. We never know what the title is. Not after we dropped our early Star Wars and then Star Trek title references, and now we're just in the. I think that's kind of fun though, as, a,
2: as you, as a listener, you know, listening. To, okay, what's this title going to be? And then you guys come up with it. Who fucking knows?
1: It's like a really, really good shrink session. That it, right. it should come out of the so <laughs> it should, the title should arise out of the so-called material. There you go. That you're discussing. So, um, yeah, Yolan's up in Vancouver, uh, enjoying his fiance.
3: She she lives the there. The they're doing she it. She does. Okay. They're doing it. Canuck style. Yeah. Which involves maple syrup I and, like. beaver <laughs> and beaver tails and beaver
2: tails loonies and toonies. <laughs> and what loonies and toonies? Isn't that their, their currency? Yeah.
3: What? The are. loony and the toony, the one dollar and the two dollar coin. Yeah. Cuckoo. One has You're a loon kidding. on it and one is worth two dollars. <laughs> I swear to God. One is like straight oh silver and one is straight silver with gold inside. Yes, yeah, like I yeah. believe that's the toonie.
1: Natalie. That's really? The toony.
3: Yeah, man. <laughs> they, dude, it's a fucking insane because they don't have paper dollars. I think their paper money starts they don't? at five.
1: Really? So
3: if you want a dollar... The
1: queen is still on all their paper money. The queen of England is still on all their paper money. And
3: I believe the toonie also. But if you want... Like, you go to a bar and you give them a $10 bill and they give you change. They give you a fucking handful of coinage. You got to carry around, like, a a purse to live in Canada. Interesting or one of those like or old school casino things where the, you know what i mean yeah like those coin belt things with the cigarette ladies head yeah what
1: do you always when you go to those riverboat casinos what do they call those yeah, again you know what mm, I mean. let me think colostomy bags oh yeah colostomy <laughs>
3: bags. that's that's what that is
1: um what's up in movie land hunger games continues to clean up it's the real deal folks Three that means yes there's going to be Three more of them, but, but
2: Sansa uh, Gary Ross, Sans Gary Ross. Don't believe it, really. They no. what? Yeah. So-called
1: negotiating <laughs> in the press. Really? Yep. And I do have to say, if you want to read, it was interesting. The initial report surfaced, and I heard about it from our, from uh, the team Jack ladies who run the Twitter accounts. Like, started asking, "What's the deal with Gary Ross not directing the sequels and all this stuff?" So, it's like, well, first, what's the source? The source is a blog called The Playlist. They've broken news before. While technically not considered legitimate press because they are a blog, I think they're still, it's what passes, right? And um, then I was struck by the fact that Nikki Fink and Mike Fleming were staying away from it at Deadline.com. They were staying away from the story, which smelt fishy to me. And then they weighed in, basically with their exclusive exclamation point headline: "Gary Ross not out of nego- not out of the negotiations for uh, Catching Fire, Hunger Games do. And um, one of the most interesting pieces I read on sort of the play by play of all of that was written by uh, a guy we've known for many years, super smart guy who is a blogger himself but I would rather refer to him as an analyst of sorts and that is Mr. David Poland, who owns uh moviecitynews.com thehotbutton.com thehotblog.com and he wrote a bit of analysis um which i th- was actually so juicy and uh entertainingly written that i'm tempted to pull it up and read it aloud <laughs> Read aloud, Mr. Poland's copyrighted materials <laughs> on this episode of Team Jack, but I won't do it. Let's just say that, yeah, um, somebody in in uh, Team Gary leaked to the playlist that he was maybe. So
2: it was a negotiation tool, not an over. Totally negotiating blogger. in the press.
1: Okay. Totally negotiating in the press. Yeah. So, um, I have no doubt that Mr. Ross will come to terms with Lionsgate for the directing reigns on uh, probably the rest of the franchise. If I had to guess, because I think we live in a new world now that's a little different from the world that we all grew up in, it is now, and well, look who I live with, but it's now permissible to, well, not necessarily advisable, um, it is permissible to direct... Multiple episodes of or multiple installments of a franchise back to back, where maybe 10, 15 years ago, uh, this would have been frowned on by the movie business and uh, film critics. uh, That sort of, you know, entertainment culture in general would look into people who were making, for instance, three Lord of the Rings movies in a row. two x-men movies in a row did sam sam Raimi broke up the spider-man trilogy with maybe just one movie or two movies
2: i feel like for love of the game was in there somewhere maybe it was even before
1: yeah chris nolan has has been very very to my mind very conspicuously careful always to do it to uh drop one of his, if yeah, you want to refer to like it that the way, between Batman, Dark Knight
2: installments. Batman, Prestige, yeah. Batman again, and then um, Inception. That's right. But I think Gary Ross, who, you know, I'm not,
1: I'm not super, super informed, but he hasn't been attached... I don't think he was attached to much beyond Universal's on-again, off-again, on-again, off-again attempted reboot of in line with their reboot of their sort of universal horror or so-called Universal Monsters properties, The Mummy mm-hmm. franchise, as well as Van Helsing sort of dovetailed in with with that idea, again, of universal horror, which is part of how that studio sees itself. or That's a strong sort of brand that the studio has identified for itself. Um, Gary Ross, whose father or grandfather, I think, wrote the original Creature from the Black Lagoon, was the latest in a very, very long line of names of directors who had either actually attached themselves or had been rumored to be circling uh, Universal's still unmade Creature from the Black Lagoon reboot. But aside from that... I hadn't heard that he was attached to much or was doing much beyond Seabiscuit, which he also made for Universal.
2: Right. I mean, that was his last movie. It was Pleasantville and Seabiscuit were the only things he's directed before. I feel like
1: there was a third movie, I feel like, or is The Hunger Games his third feature? I think feature? The Hunger Games is his third movie. That's interesting. Um, so I just have a hunch that they're going to make a great big deal with him to direct the next two books, which, and I guess the third book, I can't, I, uh, Are they going to break that apart, the two movies? I, like I can't new? be, bo- I don't even know. I mean, somebody who's listening to this knows right now right. and knows <laughs> where it was originally published and stuff, but somewhere along the line, I picked up the, uh, I picked up that tidbit that, yeah, they were splitting Mocking Jay into two movies, Breaking Dawn or Deathly Hallows style. Right. Or frankly, The Hobbit style, which is the next, next in line right. to break, break a, m- break a book into two movies. And that one is the slimmest book that they're breaking and so the one that they'll have to work hardest to justify you know getting two mo- two movies out of
2: well what's the feeling is that this, this new trend of breaking the last book or book into two movies is it to really you know capture all of the dramatic material or is it uh, financial or is it a money grab yeah, yeah. Feels well, well have you read the money. Harry Potter series yeah. of either of you yes so
1: could you have made deathly hallows into one. I'll even give you two and a half hours. Absolutely. I'll give you the usual bloated. How did
3: they make the first studio of yeah, that movie? Six, they were all the all same. All those books so, were all huge. those books were basically yeah. the same size. It's a money grab. I don't think it's anything but. And I, I'm I'm not saying. I, I just I think it's people realizing, oh shit, uh, it's the it's the waning moments of this franchise. This is right. the last ability we're to milk we're gonna, it out. We have yeah. to milk it out as much. But
1: so as you as believe as they could have? They really could have gotten all the major events without any major cuts or really glossing over important events that are important to the fans, you believe, but they didn't without glossing first, over They cutting. didn't in
3: the first movies. Right. That was the most disserviced fan film. I mean, except, for, yeah, all the Harry Potter films are pretty...
2: Yeah, the first six are so, you know, they're just the... They're the just
3: whatever, we'll take pieces from here right. and pieces from there, and that didn't happen, and that didn't happen. So the seventh right. one suddenly got all... So I, would you guys say,
1: and finally, like, we catch our... We have the wind in our sails now. Would you guys both say... Have you both read the complete Harry Potter series? Yes. yeah. I, for the record, have not read one page of any of those books. Would you say that the filmed adaptations of each of those Harry Potter novels, collectively as the Harry Potter movie franchise, are are highly regarded by fans, or do the fans feel a little betrayed movie to movie to movie that so much of what they love was left on the floor?
3: I'm not too in tune with that fan base, so I'm not sure. We like, have to ask Andrew like Sims truth? from
1: good old You
3: know what I mean? Yeah. Uh I never liked it. I like one I've only seen four of the eight, I think, and I only uh-huh. liked one of the four that I saw.
1: Which who directed that one? The
3: Quaron one, Azkaban.
1: That's which is interestingly, that's the last one I saw, and then I jumped off.
3: That's the only not one. For, I think not for is... not
1: for lack of appreciation for his movie, which I thought was beautifully done. But it's just it's weird. Like who directed the fourth installment? Do you remember uh, Steve?
3: Ye- Yeats. No,
2: Yates direct came in after there was a so, Mike.
3: Newell directed. Mike Newell, so Newell. it was Columbus, Columbus, Quaron, Newell, Newell. And Yeats, then Yates for the and rest.
1: Then, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I just didn't like Mike Newell's name or what was insufficient to get me through the door. Um I can tell you, Twilight Soccer Breaking Dawn Part Two they needed two movies. Definitely. As Steve Henches can tell you. Actually, no, you can't. Don't I talk about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um,
1: but there was so much but, stuff and all those Twilight novels are also Thick, but I th- all those Twilight novels have, or the Twilight movies have, I believe, I believe, I believe, because I could be crucified for this if I'm wrong, have adhered fairly closely to the events in the novel and have not r- left stuff that's really major, not giant piles of stuff that went unfilmed. So as, as for the first three novels... Twilight, New Moon, and Eclipse, Breaking Dawn basically had to, ma- you know, retain most of the stuff. It's what the fans want. Is that so, a much... you needed two movies.
2: I haven't read the Twilight series. Is, is it a much larger book, Breaking Dawn? Uh, I actually statistically can't answer that
1: question because I couldn't tell you the page counts for the first three novels. See
3: what's funny? And I think it's an
1: 800-pager, it, though. It
3: might have to do with the, mater- the material it's being adapted on, and that's obviously yeah. true, But but... At least in recent years, I used to be so fucking fanboy uh, hard on, like you can't, you know what I mean? Leather X Wolverine was in a black leather jacket instead of a blue and yellow. Fucking that really bummed you out, bummed me out. Yeah. However, now like X Men First Class was one of my favorite films of last year, and that Mm -hmm. had nothing to do with fucking anything.
1: Did it have anything to do with the the comic book series X Men First Class?
3: No, nothing, because that was set in that. No, 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 because that was the Uncanny X Men. It was a to It's not. <laughs> didn't they have a? Didn't they have a comic the, series? The general, X-Men yes, First Class? but the general concept is there. But that yeah. was specifically Jean Grey, Cyclops, Beast, and Iceman, and okay. and Angel. Like the original, that was right. based on canon. Where the X Men: right. First Class film, everything is fucking jumbled. And right. Xavier's origins are wrong, and Magneto's are wrong, and this person's not that person. Wow. But it was just awesome, so I, I didn't give a shit. Right. So at this point, I don't think I gave a shit anymore. Kinda. Right. Who
1: directed that one again? Guy Ritchie or not? No, no uh, Matthew Vaughn. Yeah. Matthew Vaughn. I could be forgiven for mixing them up. One of them started <laughs> out, after all, as the other one's producer. Yeah.
3: Right? And then Layer Cake.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um is he
3: attached the sequel and Stardust yeah Uh and they just greenlit which and starts announced. doesn't
1: it start rolling really quick? Well, no they because, have it because, to, because it's Jennifer, Jen- oh, Jennifer Lawrence yeah.
3: they're flipping Fox Fox gets first pick on her though it's, it's basically oh really because of First Class went before Hunger Games so they're right. going to shoot out X-Men before
2: before Hunger
1: Games Hunger Catching Games two Fire two
3: three back to back I think no or is it just Catching Fire
1: I don't know. I think that's par- probably part of one of the many, many moving parts that, that are happening behind closed doors right now on that fran- On the Hunger Games franchises,
2: well, a whether or not to shoot,
1: the, shoot these movies all at the same time. Hit.
3: It's a huge hit for them.
1: Massive. It's yeah. it's, it's it's like beyond anything. But it's... Can you the bank, entire history of Lionscape. Can you
3: bankroll like fucking $300 million for a one basic shoot though? Is that the problem of doing it? No, they can get that money. Of doing it back to back? That company
1: is worth... That company is... is a, Massive. Then why not company. just do
3: them back to back? It would seem
1: financially. Oh, there may, there may be compelling reasons not to. I have no idea. But yeah, I mean, it's especially if I'm Gary Ross. My attitude would be, let's let's. Uh,
3: Let's do them. Years, let's yeah. go
1: hardcore. Do them, and then let me get on with oh, my life. Especially wife.
3: with that opening, dude. They should they should be hitting that. Yeah, you know, one film every two years at most. Yeah. you know what I mean, right?
1: The speed that with which they approached the the uh, Twilight installments had uh, every everything to do with the fact that the these uh, these vampires up in the Pacific Northwest, who are all of whom were in Stephanie Myers' universe, turned at the peak of their sort of physical beauty. Which allows them to pass for high school students <laughs> in yeah, a uh, in an overcast state um, that these kids are all aging, yeah. and you know we can't we can't just wait the usual however many years between installments and expect that Rob Pattinson is still going to look like Edward Cullen.
2: Right. It worked for Harry Potter because that was part of the, the because Harry right. all those the characters
1: grew. Did. Yeah, every franchise is different. You know, the Hunger Games. I couldn't even tell you what span of time those novels take place over. But I know there's no more Hunger Games, right?
2: Yeah. That's done. That's it. Yeah. Well, no, isn't the the what I do know of the from a Wikipedia search is uh, uh-huh, exactly. it, it, we all did that after the, seeing right, the, the first movie. One, they do a kind of an All-Stars Hunger Game that that it goes about halfway then it it falls apart when they get out the I don't know. So I think yeah, I think it's if I understand it correctly it's uh they kind of the the President, or Donald Tutterland, Uh-huh. pissed off at, uh, you know, kind of her... So you're r- talking about the four- what the th- fourth
3: th- th- book th- would th- be? Th- no, the second book. Oh, we know what the second book is. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 He was describing the plot of the second book.
1: So there is another Hunger Game.
3: Yeah, basically, yeah. it's it's Hunger... It's Real World Road World, Rules All-Stars. Right, They take right, right. Katniss, they take... Um, Woody Harrelson has to fight in it. They take everyone right. who's ever won it and put them back inside of it. Right, right. And then the third one is the fucking war or whatever. Yeah. The rebellion. The third rebellion. one's the one... It's... It gets political, and the
1: they're going to have to. It's going to, you know, you're not going to be able to shoot that out for what you spend on the first one. Now no, that's and considered the weakest scope. book. Too, yeah, we're and it's huge in scope, far well, and very like, consistently considered like not just the weakest book, but a terrible book,
2: not great. Because like in Harry Potter and then Twilight, aren't the f- last books considered to be some of the better of the, of the series? Uh, I would I say I can't answer that for Harry Potter. I would say Potter Seven is, is, yeah, the, a, is the best the book answer. I agree. Works. For me, you know,
3: as a reader, it was the best. Well, you were right. caught up at that point too. Yeah. It was also the most dramatic, and people died, and you know what yeah, I mean. It was right. dark, and it was mm-hmm. the one you remember. Ask a Band. you know what I like Ask a Band, too, though the third one. Like I like the movie. It's something about huh. that story.
1: Huh? And are we all excited for more Hunger Games
2: movies?
3: I didn't even see the first one yet.
2: Still not
1: seen it. Uh-huh. Steve Henges, no. did you see it?
2: I saw it. Didn't didn't really do anything for me. Yeah. I mean, it's. Watchable, but it uh, again, not having read the books or having any kind of you weren't already inside the universe, so it just didn't. Katniss
1: Evergreen, Everdeen, or whatever her last name is, which seemed to be pronounced differently like every 10 minutes in the movie, um, didn't really. She was no Luke Skywalker for you. No, it's
2: hard to give me. I mean, for you know, those those to get excited about a movie like that. As a kid, you know, I just there hasn't been a franchise or a movie that just has I've gotten really, really excited about. And then going back to see the sequel or the next one, I mean, what about
1: a TV series?
2: uh, Actually, you know, it's funny. I I, as I get older, I find I like more and more TV more than movies, right? um, Because the quality
3: of TV has gotten a lot better. I've watched. I'm gonna guesstimate thirty nine hours of Mad Men in the last like week and a half. (laughs) Really, you're catching up from yeah from the beginning. What wow, do you think? Colin. I'm caught up now. And I love it, man. It's awesome.
1: Is it great? Yeah. It's
3: weird. It's it's great, and then it gets weird. Do you watch it, too? Yeah. It got kind of... fourth season gets weird. Yeah, you know, it's there's funny. There's voice voiceover, and, like, Draper starts seeing ghosts and shit. Yeah. And, like, the, it's just... Also, and there's just... an uh My friends will get it who have been watching it with me. Worst cold endings of any show ever. Yes.
2: Actually, we, we had a like, discussion there. Badly like, the designed premiere. and I'm badly abrupt, executed. Out of
3: nowhere. You're like, what the fuck? That's the ending of the show? Like, Soprano never on style. an emotional
2: beat. Never... Even beyond that too, even when they go to commercial, like their scene cut, they cut. See, I watch it all on Netflix, so I don't It's really weird watching it on, you know, even DVR, because when they cut to commercial, it's like in the middle of a scene, it feels very strange. And this season more than the past season, it's, I don't know, I I think he's just approaching it now as like, I'm going to do it as as a whole piece. And then. And when you say he. Matthew Weiner.
1: Who is the creator? The yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm always that guy on this podcast that, who like steps back and gives that yeah. I'm also useful or useless piece of extra information.
3: It seems like that dude has written 90 percent of the episodes on his own, Matthew Weiner. Yeah. Like, wow, he's credited out, more so than I've ever seen on any other TV show. Really, as far as wow. the creator, right? Like writing yeah. the, cons- the consistent amount of episodes. Out. Yeah, that's good. Wow, well, I like it. I don't good? like. I don't like Game of Thrones. I'll be. I'll, I'll say that now.
1: Wow. Um, you know what I love I, about you know, that? I, I am excited too. about it. I, Dude, but have it, you seen it? I, I've seen them all. I've seen yeah. it.
3: I, I, the first episode. I'm loving this episode. episode. <laughs> like, watch <laughs> we'll Two Game of Thrones and contrarians. And, we'll yeah. and I love the books.
1: <laughs> and that's spelled C-U-N-T-R-A-R-I-A-N. <laughs> that's how I always spell Season it Season
3: anyway. premiere last Like, there was nothing exciting. Yeah. And this is a show I should love. I mean, yeah. I should, this is, it, by the way, this is a
1: show that most people love. I know. I love the books. This is the it show of... This moment? It's no?
3: Nothing fucking... Here's the thing, and I've read the book, so if they do... Nothing happen in the season premiere except they set you up with like 18 new characters. Uh-huh. Nothing happens in this yeah. book at all, having read the books. So people are in the store for a season of fucking nothingness.
1: Oh, shit. It will Goin. never get
3: exciting. There's never anything. Goin. Sorry to bum everyone out.
1: You're bumming me out because <laughs> literally like the box, the, the Blu-ray box set is on my... Is in my office back at the For house long, you on my seen, Adama yeah. desk. Suck it, and be, with every word that you speak is it's, it's moving. It's forward, on its down, way, it's going down the <laughs> queue. It's going. Uh, it's in danger of going off the desk.
3: Well, here's the thing: it's it's well acted. It's beautifully shot. Uh, the score is great. Like it's amazing TV to have on in the background. However, I am not. There's not like a single character I care about other than Tyrion. Wow. Only because Dinklage is cool. Yeah.
2: That's right there's no emotional engagement like it's None. just it's cold they could all bland. die right now, yeah, I don't give a fuck. wow,
3: yeah, 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 like the hero of the show, Brandon Stark or whatever yeah he's I don't give a shit about I give a shit at least about him than any of the other brothers, and he's like the main king one there right, yeah, yeah, wow, so but I will watch it for uh that one blonde Chick with the dragons, she's awesome, <laughs> that's the thing keeping me coming back
2: right,
1: right.
3: Uh, Amelia Clark, yeah, yeah, there you go. Huh. I like to call her the blonde, of the Dragons because I'm an asshole. And what
1: do you guys think about the, the following statement, true, false, or maybe? I've heard this a lot in the last week. Showtime is the new HBO. Absolutely. I agree. I, I totally agree See, with that. See, this is
3: about to get interesting I now. I, you
1: disagree, Cohen?
3: I actually said to someone last night, I have yet to enjoy a fucking Showtime show. except, okay. And I liked Weeds, kind of. Maybe it was cute. little
1: shout out for season three of Laura Linney and the Big Can C. I, yeah, it starts tonight. I have yet on the director
3: the pilot. Now I've never given the I've never watched an episode of the Big C. have never watched an episode of um California Cation. I've never watched an episode <laughs> of fucking, um, shameless shaking. I don't even know. That's the one with William yeah. H. Macy. Yes. Yeah. Nope.
2: See, that's to me, shameless is one of the best things on Showtime. It's,
3: um, it's something about the production. But I can immediately tell it's a Showtime show or like a, I've never seen a star show. It's just a like, no Spartacus. Yes. It's no, I've tried, dude. I watched the first 10 minutes of the first episode of Spartacus. I was like, I'm not fucking doing this. <laughs> There's a midget with a dildo on his head. <laughs>
1: <And> <laughs> the correct term, good. Matt Cohen. <laughs> It's a little dwarf person or with, dwarf, with a
3: sex toy, sexual aid. You can use the term Marital dildo, aid. just okay. not midget. Marital aid. No, and uh, and people are like, dude, you'll love it. It's three hundred every week, and I was, I fucking hate three hundred. There's nothing I yeah. want less than it. A- I think they got away.
2: I think they got away from that. Cause I, you're talking about, I watched half the first episode and it was like, Oh, it's 300. And I, and I stopped. And then I caught like episode four or five and I was like, Oh, that's really <laughs> fucking good. And watched, and then I had to go back and rewatch on demand. And it, it it's a great show. And what it was an interesting because the second season you know, the star gets sick and he so, died. Right? Yeah. Well, at yeah. first though, he, they think, Oh, he's going to, he's, they're going to, he's going to be treatable. He's going to come back. So while we're waiting, we're going to do a prequel. We have all the actors here. Yeah. Um, and. Two of the 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 main bad guy, John Hanna, got killed at the end of the first season. Well, here's a way to bring him back while we're waiting. So we'll do a six episode, you know,
3: Mini. prequel
2: while we're waiting, which usually that's a sign for disaster. Which and was called it was uh, gods uh, gods of the arena, Spartacus. It's like Spart Scar- the first one was Spartacus blood, blood and, and sand, blood and sand, and then Spartacus uh, gods of the arena, which was okay. the prequel, which was I thought fantastic, and then. Unfortunately, Andy Whitfield passed away, and so mm-hmm. they recast him.
3: What did he have cancer?
2: Uh, Hodgkin, Yeah, um, yeah,
1: uh, yeah, yeah, it was testicular cancer. Yeah.
2: Mm, no.
1: no, no, it was not Hodgkin's lymphoma okay. yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, they recast the character.
2: They had to. They had recast Spartacus. He was Spartacus. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot that the <laughs> the main yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah. Um. And, uh, it took me about half this season to, to get kind of get warm cause, you know, he was, Andy Whitfield was had such presence. And, right. you know, it's unfortunate, you know, the guy was stepping into some tough shoes, but, uh, right. by the end of the season, I was, I was in. Sandals. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> to keep
3: going on the TV thing, I watched a, uh, a series, a season of a series this week, and I'm almost embarrassed. I'm incredibly embarrassed to say I enjoyed it. It was the Netflix original, uh, show Lilyhammer starring Stephen Van Zandt.
1: Yeah, I've heard the title, and wow. Stephen Van Sant was on The Sopranos. Sopranos and
3: in the E Street Band.
1: And in Bruce Springsteen And this e was Street Netflix's Band, yeah.
3: first commissioned original series that they paid for and distributed. And how is it? I really liked it, only because it takes place in Lillehammer, Norway. So it's like watching a Another show. Another one? Yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> but I I I'm way into weird cultures and shit. Did they so. actually
1: shoot it on location? Yes,
3: totally. And it's not in Oslo. It's not in a city. It's in a tiny town in Norway. So called Lilyhammer. Exactly. Uh, so I liked it for that. It was like a mafia guy gets set in witness protection. He gets to pick where he goes. So he goes there because he liked the <laughs> Olympics, how it looked on TV, <laughs> and basically like starts doing fucked up shit in the town. And mafia chases him. But uh, it's in mostly Norwegian, except for Stevens and what. He speaks only English. I found out it was a joint production between Netflix and a Norwegian television network. Wow uh they commissioned a season two like it it's not bad man Wow uh, to shoot a show in Norway I'm in It's basically how it goes
1: um well, I'm afraid the only thing I can offer you is when next you have occasion to visit uh Epcot Center at Walt Dis- at the Walt Disney World. Resort in favorite, Orlando, Florida. It's one
3: of my favorite pagodas. The Norway yeah, ride, the ride's <laughs> amazing. Is awesome. It's probably my favorite part of Epcot is the Norway That's ride. That's great. Dude. Yeah, it's like the boat ride with the fucking gods. It and is the trolls amazing, and, and they dump
1: you down, and suddenly you're in the North Sea, looking at oil derricks in Maybe. the middle of the night. It's awesome. It's nice. awesome. So good. I've never been to Epcot. You should go. I know, dude. It's pr- it's honestly how old are you? Yeah, Forty. It's probably. I think Epcot's 25, 30 yeah. years old. Definitely
3: older than me, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think you're probably about 30 years old. When did Disney World open? 78?
1: Um, er, earlier. Earlier? Yeah. I don't know. So,
3: yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know. Um, interesting. What else? Have you seen anything at the movies this weekend, Henges? I did not. I, uh, did a
2: DVD weekend. What'd you say? The Swarm. What? Remember this? the yeah, The, the Killer Bees? I can't believe you watch this. I, You know, I, I'm a, just a, This is like Circa Star Wars. Oh, yeah. No, huge... I had this nostalgic thing for old disaster films, like Towering Inferno, one of my favorites. Which Side- is about a burning skyscraper, because, yeah. Steve, if we're going back
1: <laughs> if we're going back on the DeLorean, you have to describe these parts. Uh, okay. <laughs> can't yeah, Towering Inferno, the the Steve titles. McQueen,
2: Paul Newman, you know, Glass Tower, Catches Fire, People yeah. Drop to the Top. Um, Produced most famously by the Master Irwin of Allen. Disaster... Erwin G. Allen. Right. Who also directed The Swarm. He did not direct Towering Inferno or Poseidon Adventure, but he did he did direct Poseidon Adventure or co-directed Poseidon Adventure too. There's got okay. to be the a Adventure.
3: Morning Alright. <laughs> right. <answer.
2: laughs> <laughs> but uh you know, I was just going through Netflix one day and like trying to find movies that I hadn't seen in a long time and the swarm popped up. The swarm and it is oh and God. it's one of the worst movies you will ever see. What's the basic
1: premise? Swarm of killer, killer African, African bees killer bees come coming to Texas from um,
2: coming up across the uh and it never explained, land bridge Never there. never explained. Just all of a sudden we're in
3: Texas with Cape it, of Good Hope, you would assume, <laughs> right around there, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: And being from Texas, obviously nothing they shot nothing in Texas other than an establishing shot of the Astrodome. Okay. Um but it is it's Michael Caine, Henry Fonda, Richard Widmark, um, Olivia De Haviland. um From god was, with the Wind. yeah. Um, Fred McFred Murray his final, From My unfortunately, Three Sons. his final role. Um, wow. And it's just it's so god awful, trash tastic. It's, it's crazy. I mean, even the, you know the best thing about disaster films are you know how they're gonna the final overcome how they're gonna kill the 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 yeah. creature, the beast, or you know save the day. And the way they decide, the way they kill these bees is just. Beyond it's, absurd. It's almost a joke, like, even when it ends and it ju- that you do it and it just ends and everybody dies in the cast except, uh, Michael Kane and, um, Captain Ross. Boiler! Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, but, you know. Two and a half hours just of a mission sort of watch. Two and a half an hours? Because well, this is what? the what? The extended version.
3: <laughs> wow. it, it flops so badly. What like, years is this? Like 1970,
2: early 1978, maybe? 70, I mean, so
3: wow. they're not super young in it either. Oh, no, no. Wow. wow. Yeah.
1: Um, I never took to those Irwin Allen disaster movies. I was certainly aware of them because they came out with... Real regularity. I mean, yeah. you were really aware was a couple back of years, in every, period every two, three years you were in the middle were of out. that cycle. Yeah. They all had incredibly beautiful painted one-sheep yeah. posters. Um, for me, it's sort of like it's a burning building. It's a swarm of killer bees. It's a uh, luxury cruise ship that's overturned. Who gives a fuck? I needed that little extra... Element that you you found in like Damnation Alley, right?
0: Oh, yeah. With its post apocalyptic
1: <laughs> plot, you know, we're in the so called Landmaster. You need a George going preparing. from, I think, some point in Nevada to Albany, New York. I'm all about that. That movie just came out on DVD and Blu-ray, by the way. Damnation Alley. Oh yeah, yeah. Within yeah. the last six months or so, I would say. I,
2: I remember when I first moved out here. You pointed out there was a place along the 101 that had it housed that yeah. vehicle.
1: Yeah, Dean, and- it's Jeffrey's Automotive. Uh, Dean Jeffries uh, designed and built the Landmaster for Damnation Alley.
2: Okay, and for you know, you drive by for years and be right there. It was kind of yeah. Like, you know, and, and then know. a couple of fans,
1: hardcore super fans of that vehicle in that movie, restored it for him, and I believe he either gave it or sold it to them. Wow. So it's definitely being well looked after by
2: somebody that cares people who yeah.
1: worship. Uh, worship that thing the way those mutants did and beneath the plant worship the bomb and beneath the planet of the apes. They're all about that landmaster vehicle. This is probably a good time to mention too. Actually, um, one of the team Jack, the 29 team Jack ladies is compiling. She's going, starting from episode one and compiling an episode guide for every episode of team Jack, including relevant links. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> to websites, Google Images, anything that we mentioned during the course of a, during the course of an episode that seems like people might want to check it out.
2: Go team! And Jack.
1: this is the first time during this episode. Although there may have been other things that have come and gone that I just my head didn't land on in the same way. Where I thought um Kathleen, which is her name, is going to have to do some work now on the Landmaster and Damnation Alley right. and Jeffrey's Automotive on.
3: Boulevard. Prolapsed anus, prolapsed anus, prolapsed anus, <laughs> prolapsed anus. <laughs> Google image, save search off. <laughs> Enjoy, Kathleen.
1: Um, well, one thing that I like about that is, first of all, when I was a kid, Starlog magazine, which was pretty much the only fucking magazine that you could get if you were into science fiction, horror genre, fantasy Movies and television, um, they would publish episode guides for TV series like Six Million Dollar Man, Fantastic Journey, Arc Two, which is not dissimilar in many ways to Damnation Alley. And, um, I love the idea of a Team Jack episode guide. Also, the couple of times that I would guest it on, um, Kevin Smith's morning show under its various titles, there's always someone sitting off to the side. Who is like either tweeting out or chucking into the whatever the fuck? Sinbin. Yeah, you know, and what is that, Cohen? Can that you explain that to us? That is basically what
3: you're. Because we don't
1: get to have one.
3: Your gal is doing. Uh, it's a it's a um kind of a Tumblr ish page that just relevant links, pictures, that sort of thing. Just right. live updated though, so if people listening to the show can follow along. Right. So it's basically what the Team Jack Tumblr is.
1: Yes, which I guess now we should also discuss. We in addition to. An episode guide that's being annotated as we speak. Where will people be able to find this guide?
3: Oh, is that not the Tumblr? I thought the episode guide was the Tumblr, I apologize.
1: Um, it might be. I couldn't tell is you. It, is
3: it Hang Fuck Yeah Team second. Jack? Because it should be.
1: We have a secret Facebook group for the 29 ladies.
0: Do we? Yes,
1: you we, give we do. Me, you give me
3: access so I can offend them all? Terribly? No, you cannot
1: <laughs> have access. There's only... <laughs> One person who is not on the team who has access who is and that is Eric Odom. Um Okay, so yeah, the Tumblr all right, so let's just take it from the top. Actually we talked about this before we started rolling today, we were gonna save this, but um not only do we have new theme music coming.
3: Oh it's coming.
1: Um Chris, opening Chris and Ulrich. closing. Yep. Uh, credit music by Chris Hogue, even though we have no credits. Um, Okay, from the top, we've already done the Twitter stuff, at Team underscore Jack. Also, TeamJack.com is our blog. We are also on Facebook. Look for the Kyle Cummings illustration that we have across our vast Team Jack empire. We always use the same illustration, which is of an emperor with uh, Bruce the Shark from Jaws and the T-Rex and Fluffy from Creepshow flanking him. The new Tumblr account is http colon slash slash www? Nope.
3: Oh, I'm joking.
1: Jack F-T-W, dot Tumblr, which for those of you who don't know, and that would have been me up until about two weeks ago, Tumblr has no E in it, so it's T-U-M-B-L-R, Dot com Again, H-T-T-P colon slash slash teamjackftw.tumblr.com. Dot, dot we'll try not to do that every episode. It's a lot of heavy lifting. And the person responsible for that is someone who goes under the pseudonym Liz Lemon Bennett. And if you are into fan fiction or fanfic for short along the lines of the filthy Fifty Shades of Grey you would know what the term Lemon means. Is she
3: writing to Wait, no, Liz Jack L- F- L- Slash Fiction? That's fucked up. I
1: can't answer that Well, Liz question. Lemon is a reference
3: to 30 <laughs> Rock, isn't
1: it? It might be.
2: That's the that's Tina Fey's character
3: yeah. in 30 Rock.
1: Yeah. This woman's first name is Dawn, and I can't go further than that yeah. probably because she is actually a professional. Um, there's also a woman named Tracy who is involved with the visual design and she, of the Tumblr page. She also does the blog. And they are actually pulling sound bites from the podcasts, um, and that is Kathleen. That's as illegal.
3: Well. They have to ask my permission. Is that really? <laughs> no, of course
1: not. Uh, who owns our podcast? We do, right? You do. I so do. Yeah, you do. Right? Yep, yep. Who do? I do, and you do. That's who do. Um, I think that's the end of the empire. I mean, Christ, do we need anything else? And honestly, the only reason I that we even got a Tumblr thing is I had a dinner recently with the two guys who are behind the website that was recently profiled in Entertainment Weekly, Hollywood and Swine. Have you heard of them? Mm. Um, I think they are not disclosing their identities now. It's sort of a humorous uh, deadline.com. Nice. And what
3: are you talking about? Nicky Fink's fucking hilarious.
1: Well, yes, but hang on. I'll read you a few headlines. Oh, that's cool. Steve, are you going to get there before I do?
2: Um, reception here blows. I'm going to jump on the wireless. It's Hollywood and Swine?
1: Yeah, Hollywoodandswine.com. and so I So I had a dinner meeting with the two guys behind that and another guy who was a marketing guy at CBS Films who was recommending that they get a Tumblr account. So my big takeaway from that dinner was, let's get on fucking Tumblr before
2: somebody else does and takes well, takes my I'm, name. I'm embarrassed to admit, but what is Tumblr? Is it like a social, it's like Facebook? It's a blog.
3: Oh, okay. It's a blog site that you can follow, like Twitter or Facebook, so you can follow people's Tumblr's okay. accounts. But it's literally just a basic webpage blog.
1: Um, Hollywood and Swine, the thing is, if you sign up to receive the emails, you'll get them as they post them. I think they're posting a story a day, Monday through Friday, uh, or they are now. When they started, they were only doing two stories a week. And um not only are the headlines hilarious, but now they're doing sort of, you know, photoshopped photos that are equally funny. And you will find, if you actually bother to read any of the fictitious stories beneath the fictitious headlines, you will <laughs> find... Such Jokes plenty in the body of those stories as well.
2: Such as over 1,300 women killed after jumping in front of oncoming traffic in hopes of Ryan Gosling would save them. Yeah, which I sort <laughs> of,
1: I wasn't so up on that Ryan Gosling story, so it didn't mean that much to me.
2: How about... Um, oh, this one I like. Adam Sandler enters rehab for addiction to making really, really bad movies. Right. <laughs> or here's
1: one. Let's see. I'll read the headline, and then I'll read the body of the story, and we'll just see how many jokes. Seattle man wakes from five-year coma, orders wife to turn off NBC's Smash. (laughs) Seattle resident Ronald Duncan, a 49-year-old in a coma since being injured in a car crash five years ago, mysteriously woke up Monday night in his hospital room while his wife sat at his bedside watching NBC's Smash. He immediately ordered to turn off the show and never watch it again in his presence, threatening to go back into a coma if she ever did. Quote, when I heard that insipid dialogue on those terrible songs, the first thing I thought was that I was dead and had gone to hell. Duncan told Hollywood and Swine shortly after his miraculous recovery. But then I realized I must still be alive because not even the devil would force that crap on anyone. And it goes on a little further, like for two paragraphs more with some more jokes and a digitally altered photograph of a man in a hospital bed with smash on the flat screen <laughs> behind him. Um... So yeah, the um I don't know whether the. How it's could got- you hate
3: Smash and introduce us to Catherine McPhee?
1: <laughs> I don't even know who that is.
3: You know, Oh, that was the whole joke. So it actually worked for you. Uh, when yeah. they when they did the the big Super Bowl commercials or whatever the fuck it was, their big, te- their big thing at the end was always and introducing Catherine McPhee, who was super famous like five years ago. She yeah. won American Idol no, or up. shit. Okay. But still, and done several household movies. Household name. Yeah. Like household fucking name almost. Really? And, and Not they, in they, our household. And introducing Catherine McPhee. Wow. I, I bet you Condon's, Bill Condon's knows mm, who uh, McPhee is. He's I don't up know. On, he's up on the What's his, I
2: mean- having done Girls which is probably one of the right. best musicals what it, what it does he and watch by the master? way
1: the term for that that he would use Steve henge's is called log rolling in our time well thank you Steve <laughs> Dream Girls is something of a movie musical masterpiece and may we add that your film <laughs> Hunger
2: yeah,
1: is likewise well, log rolling in our time um, what's your what's no your I'm curious
2: about what his take of does he watch Smash does he like Smash he watches Smash.
1: He definitely does. Um, and not only does he watch Smash, but, and now I'm really getting in, I'm getting into the, uh, I'm straying out of Federation space into the <laughs> neutral zone here. <laughs> but he, uh, when we are um, on the very, very rare, very rare occasion that we actually socialize, as Steve Henges will attest to, and we're in the presence of other homosexuals, which again, we- very rare he of late has taken to asking people if they're watching smash <laughs> because he wants to know if they're not why aren't they cuz i mean obviously the the subject of broadway musicals is all is you know remains uh, an obsession in his life so i think he's he's very curious as to you know if you share my obsession, for instance, in that, well, why aren't why aren't you likewise watching this show? The ratings are not terrible, so there are there is a a, a good chunk of audience that's tuning in. Um, but it is interesting. Most of the gay guys I've heard the question asked to are not watching the show. Um, he likes the show, and I mean, right now, I would literally, I would if If there was one nasty thing that I could think that I could remember him saying, I would say it, confident that our the number of people listening in our little team Jack gave here is so small that he would never be indicted for it, but I think he just he just he just accepts it like a lot of television, certainly a lot of network television it's It's entertaining, it's enjoyable, sometimes it's a little trashy, and fine, you know. But he watches, and he does not watch Walking Dead. I think the zombie thing is a tough sell for him. Game of Thrones.
3: they were Broadway zombies. There you go. Doing a well, little fucking Buffalo two-step yeah. shit. Yeah.
1: Fantasy is generally not his thing, although he did enjoy all three uh, Lord of the Rings movies. Um, do, you, do you watch Smash? I don't, but I do watch Walking Dead.
2: Do I. Aha! I watch Walking Dead and Smash. Really what? Enjoy, what and enjoy them both.
1: And it should be noted for the record that on the Kinsey scale of zero to six, six being perfectly homosexual and word, thought, deed, experience, fantasy, and z- appropriately zero <laughs> being perfectly heterosexual and all of these same categories. I'm a six sitting, be sitting across, not between, AO. <laughs> I'm a six sitting across from two zeros, I think. So why the fuck are you watching Smash Steve Hatches?
2: I would like to say it's because my gr- I watched with my girlfriend, but I actually enjoy it. Wow, It's kind of become our Monday night thing. You know? Well,
1: you spent a lot of time in New York City when you were going yeah, to school in visual I, arts, I, so you know your way to a Broadway I house. I do, and I,
2: I've seen a lot of musicals, and I, I love Broadway, and I, I like going back to New York now to spend a couple of days shows. just seeing shows. It's the one of the yeah. few things I miss about living in New York. Yeah. Um, so I've always been just a big fan of Broadway on. are you going to weigh in before I move?
3: Not so much, man.
1: Okay. <laughs> Did you see what just opened to 14 rave reviews and now Bafo box office business Mm-mm. on Broadway? No. That uh, Bill Condon is going to see this coming week as he embarks on a week long Condon style tour of those Broadway houses where he can literally, a motherfucker can. There's a reason I never go on those trips, <laughs> and it's he can, he'll squeeze in three shows a day. Yeah. It's crazy because he'll do the matinee the evening and then he'll second act something, yeah. or whatever, you know, he's fucking insane. He's either in a Broadway house or he's in a cab going from one to the other. And the answer to my uh, question is, uh, the Broadway musical that's new smash sensation, the critic's favorite newsies. Really? You haven't heard.
2: I've heard. I, I knew that it was coming. I had. I, I'm not as in, in. It's
1: here. I think it started at Paper Mill Playhouse in New Jersey. Wow. Uh, and came into town, as the expression goes, and opened to 14 rave reviews, and now the box office that comes that really follows along very cause effect. Uh, in New York City, when you get 14 rave reviews, that really. As opposed to the movie business, um, or certainly the event movie business, where the reviews are less, yeah, are tied less to box office success. On, on Broadway, a bad review on the Times, the New York Times, can kill you, and a rave can, you know, set you up. Yeah. So, newsies and uh, I don't know what else he's going to see. Spider Man. Uh, I feel like he did see Spider-Man, but I can't remember what the take was. Maybe just lukewarm. I can't remember.
3: Are you into musicals? You know, I have
1: some musicals on my iTunes that he's introduced me to. We've gone to see over the course of uh, the 15 years that we've been together. A great example is Titanic, a new musical, which was technically its title when it opened, I think, just before James Cameron's movie, which is obviously now in re-release. Great, 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 great musical great musical so so the songs that i like it's the same way with the film score i i don't have any complete john williams film score on my itunes because there are always cues usually action cues where i'm just like and whatever i don't really need to listen to that while i'm hiking runyon canyon but um i have songs from titanic a great 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 musical is bright lights big city um Obviously, stuff from Dreamgirls in Chicago, or and you know, um, Alan Menken, the famous Disney uh, composer, who who with his deceased partner Howard Ashman wrote uh, all the music and songs for Beauty and the Beast, um, Aladdin, The Little Mermaid,
3: and then parts of Lion. No, 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 because that was Rice. Lion King was Elton John and 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 Tim Rice, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. But Alan Menken wrote the the uh, with Tim Rice, I think, wrote the songs for Newsies, and a lot of the songs are. For Newsies, the movie starring Christian Bale, which opened in like 1995, maybe. Yeah, it was
2: my first year
3: here. It was, yeah, it was late. It was late 95. Was it a musical, Newsies? yeah. Yeah. No wonder I fucking hated it as a kid. Yeah. I only, I only saw, I saw it once in theaters and I never, I don't remember anything about it except.
1: Massive, massive bomb. Yeah. Greenlit by Jeffrey Katzenberg. I
3: would have been 10, so a period musical was probably not the thing I wanted to see.
1: About, a newspaper boy's (laughs) strike in in New York City. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's crazy. It's crazy that it even got made. So, but it developed a hardcore fan base, probably less so from its, from its, uh, incredibly weak initial theatrical release. And more so from, you know, it's very long life on cable and then various home video formats.
2: But was the movie an original? It wasn't based on a book or anything?
1: No, it was based on historical events. Okay. And okay. it may have been based on a book that did, that explored and, and recounted those historical events. But no, not based on a novel or anything like that. And, that and the- by the way, the movie, when it was... A, I happen to know this because... Uh, I lived with Christian Bale for like the first year and a half, two years that I lived in California. Yeah. What? Yeah.
3: How can we? I always center center? hold a few cards up the what sleeve. dude. The that should be the name of this show. <laughs> How Have you been fucking sitting on that one? for this long?
1: Who I'll go out of my way just to say is straight. Um, I live with him, his father, who is also now deceased, and his sister Louise, who is a maze balls. Um, but I knew them while he was making that movie. And so I can tell you, this is total trivial pursuits, but when that movie was originally put into development at Disney, it was in as just a straight um, historical drama. And then I, I would guess that Katzenberg probably was the one who came up with the idea to musicalize it after their run with those animated movies was so culturally sensational, uh, he and Michael Eisner, that it was like, I'm, I'm sure they looked at everything on the back lot at that point, including the toilet paper and the, you know, in the executive bathroom and said, can we musicalize this to greater uh profit, yeah. you know, so, hence the Disney, the... And that killed musicals for quite a long time, did it not? Well, it was a big bomb, but I don't think it, I don't think it did the damage, damage in quotes, because obviously Chicago did end up getting made, which... Started a new trend, but it didn't do the damage that, say, Evita did. Right. And what was the studio that made Evita again? Mm. Disney. Disney. Oh. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that's just about to come out on Blu-ray. And how do I know that? Because I live with Bill Condor. <laughs> and by the way, people who are wondering, like, well, are there musicals that Bill likes? Evita? He's probably watched... Easily as much as he's watched any other movie musical. Oh, directed by Alan Parker. Can you rattle the credits? Madonna, Antonio Banderas. Well, that's um, now we're talking about Evita, which is uh based on the Broadway musical. Oh, we're about, okay, wait, uh, by about Eva Perón, right. the uh, wife of the president of Argentina, who sort of became a unbelievably famous figure in in Argentina before her early untimely death, but. Um no, the movie version. Directed oh, by Alan Parker, you, Alan by Alan Parker well, Bert, who's made Bert. a few musicals. Bertie and,
2: was a, is a great movie.
1: Yep. Um I want to say the commitments. Yep. Um, which you could which you could consider a kind of movie yeah. musical. Um about an Irish band. I Pink like Floyd the Wall. That's right. Okay. Which is definitely a movie musical. One of my favorites um
2: the jennifer jason lee thing recently or not really five ten years five six years ago Jeez, i don't even
1: uh, oh yeah I, yeah
2: He hasn't worked in a while has he has he
1: not no and i have it on good account that he cannot get a job directing a fucking commercial now oh yeah. which is pathetic and honestly strange town people should be ashamed of themselves he needs here's one it. of the great movies angel heart oh
2: uh, that's right okay
1: masterpiece come see the paradise was his um. What else? I'm gonna I am feel, like, feel like we're missing
2: here. like one big...
1: We're missing like a few of them. Hang on. As I pull up IMDb. Kathleen, it's going to be Alan Parker for you. <laughs>
2: and Davida. There's a whole... There's a, a group of these older directors who have made some great films that now that just can't get a job. Yeah. I mean, it's just... it's. If it's been a while since you've made anything that was bankable,
1: and your last few movies were studio movies, so they necessarily cost a lot of money to make and a lot and a lot of money to market, and they didn't open, as the expression goes, they didn't really perform at the box office, either domestically or internationally, um, it's a tough road.
2: Miss Parker and the Vicious Circle. That's the Jennifer Jason yeah. thing.
1: Bugsy Malone. Um, I'm just going to roll the titles that I think people would recognize. Bugsy Malone, Midnight Express, oh, there you, that's the one Fame, which is a wow. movie musical, Shoot the Moon, Mississippi Burning, the Civil Rights Picture, uh, The Road to Wellville, based on the novel by T.C. Boyle, that's right. with Anthony Hopkins playing Kellogg of the famous cornflakes, a bit of a nutter. Angela's Ashes, based on the novel by Frank McCourt, right. which did not... I think was seen to be a sort of underperformer. That was his
2: last big studio film, wasn't it? No, nope. there
1: was another one. And Steve, you and I are throwing down at this point because you should. Back in the old days, Steve, you would know. I would know that, yeah. So, how are we going to do it? Am I going to give you clues? Yeah,
2: give me, give me, give me actors or
1: cast members. <sighs> Laura Linney. Speaking of the c-word.
2: I got one well, I need one more.
1: Well, the funny thing to do would just throw out like a character actor, like Jim Beaver playing Duke Grover, but that's not really going to get you yeah, there, is it, God, Steve? I don't. Uh, I feel like I should. Um, Kate Winslet.
2: Kate Winslet and Mm-hmm. No, I'm just embarrassed. I used to be really good at this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I am drawing a blank. I have All right, I'm going to give you the last right. main
1: lead, and you'll either get it on the basis of that or not. Kevin Spacey, Kevin Spacey, Kate Winslet, Laura Linney.
2: God, I have no freaking clue.
1: From the 2003, so it's been almost you know, almost almost yeah. a decade. It's the life of David Gale.
2: Oh, that's right.
1: Oh, that's right.
2: That's and actually, I'm not that one kind.
1: That was his last uh, studio feature. And
2: I will let me point out, uh, or just make note, is uh, of, of all his stuff. If one of the titles you re- re- read off that I think is underappreciated is "Shoot the Moon." Yeah, with Diane Keaton and um, Albert Finney. Yeah, that is a it's a movie about a family breaking apart because of infidelity. Very simple, but right. it is it's an, an amazing film. And uh, there's I'm an act- sure
1: you're not confusing this with another movie that you and I saw together. When we lived, uh, when you lived in New York and I lived in Newark, which is more or less the same thing as Manhattan, right. as anyone who knows near either or lives near either really knows. And that would be Albert Finney starring as or starring in "Rich in Love."
2: Oh, that's right. That no, that was a Bruce Beresford, Bruce Beresford film. Yeah, um, which I also love. But uh, no, yeah, this uh, too. "Shoot the Moon" is uh, it's like young Peter Weller, um, Dana Hill. Uh-huh. who passed away. Um, and Of is, what? Uh, she had some, no, she had some ailment. That's why she was, she was on the, I think it, from it being a child, like it affected her, Um, even through like, she was in vacation, the second vacation movie. Yeah. She, I think she passed away not long after that. Wow. Okay. Um, I want to, maybe, I, I forget what she died of, but huh. something she, I think something she struggled with for many years. Huh.
1: Interesting. Yep. Yeah, poor Alan Parker. Can't get a job. No. And in his uh like 66 or 67 years old.
2: And was it born is, in 1944? And Gale was a huge bomb. Wasn't it? Cuz that was coming off of um was that after American Beauty? For, for Spacey? Spacey It was, yeah. Right. So I mean that this was supposed to be a big
1: this was yes, one of many uh movies in which that underperformed right. Kevin Spacey after he won his second Oscar and people collectively decided they didn't care so much anymore about him. <laughs> which is a problem for double Oscar winners in the acting category, FYI. If you look at that, Denzel Washington historically people who win two Oscars, usually they win one for supporting and one for lead, especially for actresses, Hillary Swank, once it happens, nobody wants to know from you anymore. It's like enough already, go away. So, and in the case of Hillary Swanks, go away means the core
2: <laughs> hey, now, come on. I <laughs> worked for Meryl Streep. She finally won her third one. Um, Yeah. Yeah. For 20, 20 I years. Haven't seen. But
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's it. We're at an hour. Episode 26. I think we should call it. I like the I Live a Christian Bale, but. <laughs> no, I can't do that. <laughs> I want to keep that on the DL. I think
3: that's episode 20-fucking-7 in the entire episode. No, You can't, no, no, you no, can't no, throw no, that no, out no. there, dude.
1: No, 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 no. I think
3: that's episode 26.5, which will happen right now. <laughs> but let, let's, um,
1: yeah, the mini <laughs> Um, I heard this week, Matt Cohen, I'm trying to think who I heard it from, I heard this week that... From somebody who knows somebody at Legendary, that they are, as we speak, re-recording the Bane voice after the unbelievably unexpected fan blowback on the internet, and now they're backpedaling and saying, well, Chris Nolan's intention was always to re-record the voice, and someone... In the know, I can't remember for the life of me who the hell it was, which is insulting. I hope they're not listening to this podcast, but I hear so much gossip in the course of the week. Um, said that is not so, and that the voice that you that everybody heard in the initial materials, as it were, um. No, was own. exactly the way no, that isn't Nolan, Nolan wanted it. Isn't Nolan on paper saying...
3: This is how I wanted it. This is it. how I wanted it well, two months Well, this is no back. longer
1: how it will be. Okay, good. So They're re-recording that understand voice. understand the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, isn't it?
3: It was an odd choice.
1: Yeah. So
3: That's the second big movie this year where they had to re-record an entire actor's performance.
1: What's the first?
3: Haywire.
1: And they didn't Who's make the it any better.
3: Gina Carino. <laughs> The UFC chick was redubbed by, um uh, Laura Sangiacomo is what people think. It's not wow, official, really? but she's definitely. Re- oh, I, they actually re-recorded. I thought yes. they just altered her voice. No fucking way. Have you heard her real voice? And that's what they took. They t- officially, they said they altered her voice to pitch it down to make it more action. Like the rumor is that it's, it's literally Laura Sangiacomo who'd worked with, um, Soderbergh, uh, Soderbergh. on sexualized videos. Exactly. Because it does wow. not sound anything like that lady sounds wow. in interviews. Wow. and stuff. okay. And you're right; it made
2: it, it no difference because
3: <laughs> even if it was Laura San Giacomo, she might be a worse actress than Gina Fucking Carino because it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Wow! Did you not like it either? I hated it. Oh, it was thank painful. God, dude! Thank you. Painful. It was awful.
1: Wow. Yeah.
3: We and then a happy note.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. Okay. Here's my suggested titles: either Tumblr exclamation point, or. And I don't want to see a fucking E in that word either, Matt Cohen. <laughs> um, Ken Plume. I want what, it spelled what, whatever correctly. Demon
3: is fucking this T-U-M-B-L-R, up.
1: T-U-M-B-L-R exclamation point. Or we could just call it the material.
3: I like the material.
1: Material's mm-hmm. sure good. Which refers to advertising materials as well as the material that comes up in a so-called what they call the working hour, which is the time that you spend in a shrink's office. I like it. Or we could call it the working hour.
2: I like that
3: better. Working Hour, episode 26. We'll call it The Working Hour. hour. Anal prolapse. (laughs) And Kathleen,
1: um, for The Working Hour, we also want to link to the best version of The Working Hour by Tears for Fears that you can find on YouTube, preferably on the Tears for Fears Vivo page.
3: And everybody's working for the weekend just for good measure. By Loverboy? So you can just do it afterwards, yeah. We're
1: recording this on a Sunday. Nobody's working for the weekend.
3: But They will be when they hear it. Ha! Ha. 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 Ha.
1: (laughs) all right episode 26 the working hour we haven't already titled an episode that have we because it's such a good title all right everything ties back to freud and that means that everything ties back to wanting to fuck your Your mother mother. right i guess so not me (laughs) um (laughs) steve henges thank you so much for the use of your voice as well as the use of your brain and the use of your living room thanks for having me Matt Cohen, yep. my co-host, my true ho- co, my true co-host. Fuck you, Greg Yolan. My true co-host, Salmon. Canuck Matt time. Cohen. Thank you, sir. Um, you know, Bill Condon's next movie is starting to shape up, and it might uh, be shooting in and around London.
3: Wow, uh, very cool.
1: Which would mean that. Greg Cole uh, Greg Colin Greg Yolan shall we say low episode low episode participation count bad he remain <laughs> as such yeah exactly so anyway all right thanks for listening as always and uh, we promise we will not miss next week out